0: Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Chess Feels. We are joined with a very special guest. You might know him from Twitter as at No Joke Chris. This is Chris.
1: Hi, Chris. Hello. Thank you for having me.
2: It's, it's, uh, it's an honor to be on. You guys are the coolest.
1: Chris, before we do a real intro about who you are, I just mm-hmm. have a question that I can't hold in. Hit me. Where did your Twitter handle No Joke come from?
2: It was chosen entirely at random. Like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I was reading a Emanuel Lasker book and he said something was no joke. Like this move is no joke. And then later on, I got the idea that it would be really funny if there was like an anti-joke movement for being earnest and not being sarcastic.
1: (laughs) And somehow you've ended up on this podcast. We're so sorry.
2: And now I'm here.
0: (laughs) So for for listeners who haven't put it together yet... um, Who are you and what chess projects might our listeners know you from?
2: You probably know me from nowhere, but if you do know me, you probably know me from Lee Chess, which is my full-time job. I'm a community organizer. For Lee Chess, you may know me from Twitter. I deal with volunteers and I occasionally write a blog post and uh, go on podcasts, that sort of thing.
0: Amazing. And just to like connect with people who aren't familiar with Lee Chess. So does that make you like more of the uh, Danny Wrench of Lee Chess or more of like a Chess Bay 94?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's a combination of the two roles. Um, (laughs) hard hard to say. (laughs) I don't, I don't know if those are the best comparisons, but you know, it's, it's not
0: bad. Well, that was my one joke, but I am actually curious. So is that actually like the position name of a community organizer for Leach Because that's not even a role that I think of for most companies.
2: Yeah. The community organizer phrase is sort of a, uh, wink to leftism. I think like Obama used to call himself a community organizer, maybe back when he was running, um, we are hippies and anarchists, so we're very bad with titles. And I don't really have a title until I need to, because someone asks and I realize that I should have a title. So yeah, that's my job. I answer emails and write blog posts and organize volunteers and you know anything else that comes along.
0: Amazing. Well, we're going to talk about all sorts of things, but maybe it makes sense to start with one of the main topics going back to an early episode from last season on the theme of addiction. So Julia, do you want to fill us in on what Mr. Leechess is going to talk to us about with addiction.
1: Mr. <laughs> yeah. So what brings us all together here today, I believe was a conversation between you, Chris, and Daniel. Wait, is this his name Daniel? Did I get that right? I don't care. Okay, yeah. So we'll censor that for editorial purposes. But um, in the conversation, you guys were kind of going back and forth about what chess websites could potentially do to sort of decrease the addictive potential for people using the website. And you had kind of mentioned, this is really hard to do. So we wanted to have you on and kind of spitball what some of those features could be. And you can tell us whether or not they're feasible, and we can also just talk about some other features for the website that JJ accumulated from our Twitter fans.
2: Oh. Sure. I mean, I think first of all, there may be people listening that are that are rolling their eyes a bit at chess addiction. So mm-hmm. I, can I at least say that I definitely uh, believe in that? Maybe the word addiction is the problem. If 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 that's the barrier for people, you just drop that. There are people who have you know the way they use online chess. Is problematic for them and they they feel like they can't control it. So if that, you know, call it what you want and and we'll keep going. We get emails all the time from people who say, I can't stop playing chess. You need to help me. You know, can you like close my account or ban me or whatever you need to do to keep me away from chess?
1: Wow. Sometimes
2: we get emails from, you know, people's partner or like a family member or something. So that that definitely occurs. I make no, you know, uh, guess about what percentage or how common it is, but it certainly occurs. It's happened like more than once. Oh yeah, definitely. On a regular basis. I don't know, maybe once a month or once every two months wow. among the hundreds of emails we get.
1: Wow. You guys read those emails. That's amazing.
0: How many of those emails from spouses are from my spouse?
2: <laughs> it only like 30%. So okay, it doesn't it. throw the whole number off. It's okay, still... cool.
1: <laughs> Yeah, and I think Chris, too, that's why I sort of nodded to like the addictive potential of the website. I think that's such a good nuanced way to approach the language because there is no formal diagnosis, obviously, for chess addiction specifically. But there are formal diagnoses for video game addictions, online gambling addictions, things that I think actually feel very tangential to playing chess online. So JJ and I already have a whole episode on season one that kind of talks about what sort of comparisons can we make between those things.
0: Moreover, it's where Julia actually diagnoses me as a blitz addict. A rather severe one,
1: <laughs> but I think we do make a convincing case that there really is the possibility for addictive use with online chess. Um, so hopefully, people will be at least somewhat convinced of that.
0: And something else that came up in that episode for listeners, you know, it's been it's been months now, um, is the ways in which. Either wit- wittingly or unwittingly, but at least for some websites, they try and play off of that addiction or increase that addiction potential because it keeps you on the website and playing. And so we talked about a number of things that can do that down to I think one of the things that came up was like the trend of giving you the double X based on a very cursory computer analysis for a brilliant move of like, that's the kind of high you want to chase or a game with no blunders is the high you want to chase. And so I think what we wanted to really think about today was kind of a follow-up and the less of the you're addicted and here are some things to watch out for and more of the like, what could be done either that we can interventions we can do for ourselves or for a site like LeeChess. I think that Lee Chess has a really interesting place here because obviously you want people playing chess and obviously you want users on your site but my guess is that as a nonprofit, your bottom line is not as driven by like the number of users or hours or games the same way that it would
2: be. Sure. It, and, and even if we were a business, I still think we would probably have an ethical duty to try to not hurt the people that are using our website. If we find out that there's some problem and we can solve it, I think we should try to solve it anyway. And certainly, you certainly know, wants to help with that. It, it's a really tricky problem to solve because... First of all, the people who send the emails and say "close my account," I'm pretty sure that's not the solution. I don't think that works. I, it, it, you know, you'll make another account or you'll go play somewhere else. That's 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 a little bit too easy. If it were that simple, you probably wouldn't have the problem. So, I, it, at the very least, I would like to have something better to say to the people that send the emails because yeah. I can close the account in a way that they can't open it. But I would also like to maybe send them some literature or some advice or something beyond like, you know, I can't help you, pal. Sorry.
1: Definitely. And I, I think one thing that's kind of nice about that, Chris, is that I don't think we need to reinvent the wheel or totally start from scratch here. I think that there have been some solutions with at least some modicum of success that have been designed for similar websites that all sort of lend themselves to potential addictive use. So things like gambling websites, certain types of games. Um there are certain features that those websites have included. So I'm wondering how we can maybe see how those translate onto a platform like Leechess. Chess.
2: Yeah. It, so whatever we do, if we want a lot of people to use it or we want the, the highest percentage of people that need it to use it, it needs to be in the sort of standard loop of a user. A lot okay. of stuff gets hidden in the settings. Less than 1% of users ever look at the settings. So you're, you're 99% hiding it. So the right. normal you know, loop for a user that's playing is they go to the homepage, they hit the button, they play a game, they hit another button, they play another game. It has to yeah. be somewhere in there. If you want right. any significant number of people to use it.
1: And that's kind of what I was thinking of. It has to be something that is default opts you in rather than as default opt out that you have to opt yourself in. Cause it seems like that will really limit even the people who need it or want it, the likelihood that they'll use it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, it, the thing that occurs to me is just, maybe this is too simple, but just if you've played for some very unusual amount of time, you get a little pop up, like, Are you okay, pal? Everything all right over there? (laughs) You know, and it would be some extreme number of hours. It wouldn't be like four games. It would be hours and hours, you know? So that's
0: similar to, we were talking about this. So Julia, you're talking about how even um, noted philanthropy group uh, TikTok has this yeah. thing.
2: Well, we have to be less evil than TikTok. That,
1: I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is one of the things that Jay and I were kind of brainstorming was that TikTok has a similar thing. When you've been scrolling through their videos for a certain time, they'll give you a video that says, hey, you've been watching for a long time. Do you want to take a break and go get some water? Or is it time for bed? I wonder if there could be a feature like that that really does pop up on the website And sort of gives people the chance to pause and decide if they want to take that break. So we can say, sure, maybe a lot of people won't do it. But so much of kind of breaking that compulsive loop is giving yourself that pause. And we really talk about that even in addiction treatment when people come in, is giving yourself the time to make the cognitive choice rather than making the impulse automatic reaction, which is always going to continue to fuel the addictive behavior. But if you can just give yourself even that five seconds to get a little bit of space between the reward and the cue of hitting that next what's game. Would some people actually stop playing? I think the answer is yes.
2: Yeah, I think it could work. We should, I, the the exact language is, is very important because I think, Yeah. You can't just call them a degenerate and like say, you know, you're ruining your life. Here's a document for, you know, losers like you. That can be in the settings. Degenerate mode can be in the
1: settings.
2: It needs to be more, it needs to be nicer than that.
1: Chris, this really could be a thing, actually. Yeah. That's how me and JJ like to be spoken to, though. I don't know if we're the norm. So I appreciate your sensitivity.
0: You just click the button that says good luck and it just sends a string of expletives. And- <laughs>
2: yeah. I- I'm sure we can find something more diplomatic than that. Just say like you've been playing for a long time. Maybe you want to go get something to drink and, you know.
1: The other feature I was thinking of, Chris, that kind of maybe preempts this. Could there be a feature on the website or on the app where people say, OK, I want to play 10 Blitz games knowing that once I play those 10, I'll probably want to accept the new game on game 11, but could there be a feature where you say, okay, I'm going to play 10 blitz games. And then it kind of shuts you out for even one minute, but gives you that pause, gives you that time to Mm -hmm. decide if you want to play that 11th game. So you're kind of getting in front of the compulsive behavior. If you are that person that is susceptible to hitting new game over and over again. Yeah.
2: Well, with any of this stuff, I need to talk with the devs to see if it's like technically possible. There could just be some, some very basic reason, but Something like we already have a system for people that uh, leave games without resigning Mm -hmm. and it doesn't ban you. It just, you get a little, you get a little uh, countdown and it, you know, the first one is like 10 minutes. It's very little amount of time. It just says, Hey, FYI, you need to like resign your games. You can't just disappear because there are people that, you know, there are legitimate disconnections and we don't want to be too harsh on these people. You could, you know, volunteer for something like that. You could say I, you know, after X number of games, like time me out for five minutes and, right. and maybe you get a little message that tells you what's going on.
0: I was thinking yeah. I, w- I was thinking too part of what might be conflated here is a kind of vague idea of addiction or addictive tendencies is I can think of at least three distinct problems. And so it might be worth separating them. So one is I cannot stop myself from playing chess, even though I want to pull myself away from chess, or there's other things I should be doing with my time. I cannot pull myself off of this website. That can be one thing. And that's probably like the closest to like addicted to chess. But then there's somebody else who's saying, you know, I'm happy spending this time on chess, but I know that only X percent of my chess time should be playing time. And I haven't studied. I haven't done anything but played blitz or Rapid in weeks, years. And I really wish that I could do more chess things that weren't playing, but the temptation to hit next game is so great. And that's a different person. And then th- I know there's also people who are like less about the addiction and it's more about the tilt and they just don't want to see their precious points go away. And these are people who aren't concerned about Oh, I'm wasting all my time on Blitz instead of studying, or I'm wasting all my time in chess instead of my loved ones. These are just the people who are like, if I was more disciplined, my rating would be higher. And that's a third kind of person. And I was thinking, what are some like chess specific things we could do that could actually not like lock you out of chess, but lock you out of playing while also encouraging you to do some maybe more productive things? So less you get locked out after 10 games, but more opt in to even your Blitz games automatically get put in a study for games you've played that day. Um, okay. And after <clears> five <throat> games, you're locked out for a minute and you're very encouraged to use the analysis board and the opening explorer and stuff to click through them, see see what mistakes you've made and stuff, and you can start your next set soon. But we already have your games in this study, analyzed or not.
2: Yeah, maybe there could be something that slows down the loop. It would have to probably have to be opt-in, and it, it might be hidden in the settings, unfortunately, but it would, like, something that sends you to the analysis board
1: and yeah. there isn't just a
2: button, mm-hmm. like it's a little bit harder to get that next game, right? Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. only you have to make like two more clicks, but there I isn't just a button that. like new game, bam.
1: Yeah, even if it sent you right to analysis, not even, a fl- not even compiling the games in the study, but just for this one game. And so you'd have to click at least one or two more things to go to next game and skip the analysis. I would 1000% use that feature. Yeah, it sounds interesting.
0: And then I know there's also people like Greg Shahade have talked about the quote unquote spreadsheet method, which from what I can tell is just they log their, the game, the blitz games they play in a spreadsheet. They try and do it in sets. I think nine is the magic number because this is super relevant for all of us. That's the number of rounds in a norm tournament, but okay. So you play nine games and you log your score. And the thought is one thing is this is supposed to help with tilt, but what those people might even benefit from if we want to cater to them at all is something more like this method of, okay, you play a session where what if it even just auto starts your next blitz game for X number of games, but then you're locked out after you've played your set and it has your performance rating for that set. And something like the spreadsheet of telling you how you've done is there. And I think the spreadsheet's supposed to help with tilt because the thought is even if you have a crappy day or a crappy couple of games over time, you can see what your performance was and it averages out. And the, you're only playing a few games. And so you're not going to have these long sessions where your quality of play deteriorates. But that could, be, that could be something else too, where it's a way of breaking the loop or even just tightening the loop in uh, managed doses.
2: Yeah. I, one aspect of the sort of addictive behavior that I've noticed is is ratings. Like it has a big connection to the yeah. number going up and down. And a lot of these people that are like at rock bottom and writing us emails, will say, you know, I'm 300 points below what my rating is like, and this is sort of the thing that set them off. Like, you know, please close my account. I never want to play chess again. So, I mean, first of all, you can just not look at ratings. There is a feature on Lee Chess that removes ratings and it critically, it removes them everywhere. It removes it from the other person. When you look at profiles, you don't see ratings. They're just gone forever. And personally for I me, I, I've found that I enjoy chess a lot more without looking at the number. I can just play the game and it goes well or it goes poorly and, and you know who cares. This is a
0: good time to remind listeners that you can purchase the what's your rating t-shirt in two different designs on the Chess Scales podcast <laughs> store.
1: We're very pro-anti-rating here, Chris, so you're in good company. <laughs> and I think people have loved the Zen mode on Lee Chess for a long time. And I did notice that. Chess.com tried to do something, I think, kind of similar.
2: They, they have Zen mode and we also have Zen mode, which is a separate feature. So removing ratings is hidden in the settings. And I would imagine that there are like seven people who even use it. And it takes all the ratings off everywhere. And that never changes. You can't go anywhere and see a rating. Mm. If you are in Zen mode while you are playing, you don't see the rating and you also Got don't it. see any uh, you know extra stuff on the screen. It's just the chessboard and the clock. But once the game ends, you you absolutely see the rating and you see the number going up and down.
1: Got it. So I bet you a lot of people don't know that, Chris. I also even wonder, you know, you kind of mentioned having that hidden in settings might not be a good thing because only a few people will use it. But part of me just sort of feels like it is an option for the people who want it, which actually is maybe a smaller percentage of the users. So it might not be a bad thing, but how can we almost increase the awareness for people that this is an option for them? Um, So if you're getting a couple of emails every month about the topic, I wonder if there could almost be like a Leach's blog or an article about it that you can start sending people like, hey, here are the options for you, where you just compile Mm. what those features already are.
2: Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. We have all sorts of documentation already, and it's the sort of thing that you can... You can do very quickly. You just make a document that, you know, carefully says this is problematic chess use. You might try X, Y, Z to help yourself out.
1: Yeah, I love that. Okay, very cool. I didn't even know you guys had that. I swear, Lee Chess never misses.
0: (laughs) Now that we're talking about all of these hidden features, this might be a lot to ask you to do off the top of your head, but can you give us two truths and a lie of three hidden features, but one of them (laughs) is fake and see if we we can nail it?
2: See, the problem is I'm going to try and be like funny and interesting because it's a podcast and it's going to be really obvious, like, to, like the punchline mm-hmm. mm-hmm. will give it away. <laughs> that sounds
0: great. <laughs>
2: All right. Um, there is a chess feature for not allowing takebacks. There is a chess feature for automatically doing draw offers in certain situations. And there is a leeches feature that will cause capitalism to topple.
1: I actually love that feature. I've been using that, but I think it's broken.
2: Yeah, it's it's a bit buggy. We're working on it. We'll get there.
0: There's no auto draw, but there is auto resign when you're down the queen. Nailed it.
1: I just want to point out that Danny Wrench would never make that joke.
2: Danny Ranch called us uh, anti-capitalist one time, and that made me very happy.
1: That's hot. Yeah, I respect that.
2: (laughs) He thinks we're a lot cooler than we are.
0: (laughs) Here's a good fake feature. Auto-promote tonight.
2: Oh, that would be a good one. People would turn it on in their friends' accounts, Mm -hmm. and and they would write to us very angry about their their non-voluntary night.
1: KJ has some brilliant ideas for... Uh, fake features. Oh you yeah, you should oh, yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. share your April Fool's idea. Okay,
0: my April Fool's idea for Lee Chess is genuinely Lee Chess Premium, which is maybe at least just for casual games. But on um, patrons, so people who donate to the site can move their opponent's pieces.
1: <laughs> yeah, we should make this happen.
2: Oh, first of all, you need you need tiers. This is you know basic. Oh economics. yeah, it's price self price selection. You need you mm-hmm. know nine ninety nine for one, one nineteen ninety nine. Ah! For- so on and so forth you
1: guys are not as anti-capitalist as we thought
2: (laughs) that was one of
0: the suggestions we got from twitter is that you should be able to buy pieces during your game like you can buy back a pawn to drop for a dollar or queen's nine (laughs) dollars
1: i agree with that but you can't decide where it goes it has to go where Mm -hmm. it started
2: Mm. you can charge extra for that too because otherwise you
1: pay a dollar for the pawn but you just put it on the eighth rank and here we go baby
2: yeah, I okay. kind of agree. People would find ways to save money and you don't want that. You want to like maximize <laughs> profits.
1: <laughs> See, now we're talking.
2: Oh my God. Wait, here you go. You
0: can buy the piece, but then the squares are extra. It's like assigned seating where you can choose yes. your own seat, but even the cheapest seat still costs something.
2: We could also dynamically change the price of pieces so that, you know, the, like you couldn't in the situation where the, the pawn does the job, like the pawn would cost a lot more because mm-hmm. you don't get to skip out on paying full price. These are all great ideas. I, I love all of them.
0: Like a like a pass pawn <laughs> Suddenly all the squares are surge pricing. Yes, exactly. It's surge pricing. That's what it is. Surge
1: JJ, what was what were some of the other really good or funny things from your Twitter thread?
0: Oh, that other people came up with. Oh, well, a couple Ripped off one of my ideas, and I'm sure I wasn't the first to even come up with, which was some sort of breathalyzer function, which could either be, you know, it limits your account or ability to play rated games when you're drinking. Or it matches you up with other people who are also drinking.
1: (laughs) Based on your blood alcohol content.
0: And then I think other people were kind of running with it and saying like, or maybe it's just like is more sensitive to tilt at certain hours of the day. And we'll try and like limit your account or push you towards unrated play based on a low performance at nighttime in your time zone or something. And then there is someone who is saying, I only want to play other drunk people and I don't want to play children, which I guess is hopefully (laughs) redundant. But I did like that both distinctions were made. (laughs) <laughs> so those were those were really good suggestions. The best mm. suggestion was K Krollt45 said that there should be chess with NFTs. And instead of playing to get rating points, you play to earn monkey pictures with an <laughs> exclamation mark, which is how you can tell that they're serious. <laughs> so I thought that that and generally maybe the solution to the addiction is just your rating points automatically like mine crypto. And so like when you become mm. a millionaire, you're just done for the night. That could be something else. Other people were talking about how they'd love to see more integration with with opening drills or flashcards or some of the things that could make like some of the studies either more interactive. And to be clear, the question was just like in your wildest dreams, not like what should the volunteer development team do tomorrow?
1: <laughs> we didn't want to limit anyone's imagination here. Yeah.
0: So someone wants to invent strip chess, which is every time you blunder, someone has to take off an article of clothing. Somebody else just responded porn. Um <laughs>
1: Someone I know put chess dating and I really wanted to comment and be like, no heart, but I didn't want to engage in that any further. (laughs) How could porn fit into Lee chess though, JJ? What what do you think that they meant by that?
0: Well, we didn't specifically say Lee chess. I mean, I was trying to think what I actually thought. And I do think that like genuinely that. It's a bummer that when those other websites did the, like the PogChamp thing where like they had popular streamers play those tournaments that there's like definitely several adult entertainers who have Twitch channels and I'm bummed that they've never invited any like sex workers to do it. I know they're trying to be like family need to organize a,
2: a PogChamps tournament with like rated R celebrities, the ones that are a little too edgy.
0: Yeah, like can we do like an OnlyFans
2: PogChamp? <laughs> It would have to be like an unofficial thing.
1: That would be a fucking gold mine. Yeah. If it was an OnlyFans tournament and everyone was topless, come on. <laughs> come on. I volunteer myself. No, I'm not hot <laughs> enough for that. Or good enough at chess.
0: But you didn't say not on OnlyFans, which is a little <laughs> and, and interesting. We can, we'll can we circle back to that one. That's probably the best answer I could give to this very serious response to the question that really was just the word
2: porn.
1: I'm
2: glad we spent so much time on that.
1: Chris, do you have anything you want to add to this conversation?
2: Um, I like the porn tournament idea. I can't officially be associated with it. It's the sort of thing like, you know. Uh, yes, you're my girlfriend, but you can't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'll help you organize it behind the scenes.
1: <laughs> this is where my job could come in. You hire me. I'll run the tournament. You have a female face. It's way more friendly. I no, really think <laughs> I could be the pro nudity voice that Lee Chess has been needing. Exactly.
0: <laughs> How did we get here?
1: You brought us here, JJ. Don't try to act like you're not happy to be here, too.
0: I'm happy to be here. But other other suggestions, I think one one that was very interesting. That was another topic that I did want to talk about was about accessibility, which I know Lee Chess has been doing a lot on recently, which is really great. And I'd like to hear more about that, like what Lee Chess does on the accessibility front, because I know like you can click on the piece and it shows you the legal moves that piece can make. So I'm not sure what else there is.
2: Yeah. So the big yeah. one is help for blind players. And we have a whole YouTube about how, how this works. If any or a YouTube video about this, if anybody's interested in seeing it, if you're blind, obviously, if you're on the internet, you have what's called a screen reader that reads the text to you, which works pretty well. If you're reading an article, or you're reading something with text, but it doesn't work at all with a chessboard. Mm-hmm. So basically if you are using a screen reader and you bring up Leechess, chess, the first button that the screen reader finds will be the one that turns it into blind mode mm-hmm. and it turns everything into text and you are in a text box and you enter your moves and it reads out the moves as they arrive. And I think some of the other features, like I think you can do puzzles and maybe studies implementation is a little shaky, but the the big one is games and that one works pretty well.
0: Yeah. I'm working with a student right now who is vision impaired and has been losing more eyesight and ironically been getting much better at chess as this has been happening. And one thing that she's been describing, and this is one reason why I've been thinking about it, is that she would have previously identified herself as a very visual learner, and is now trying to learn things such as what square is what color <laughs> for the first time, because she would look at it and see it or intuit it. And now that looking and seeing or following a diagonal on a chessboard isn't as easy as it was for her a year ago. And that's kind of reorienting everything and thinking about, you know, what sorts of training or visualization, like there's the coordinates trainer that's on the chess But there could be really interesting opportunities to do something that's somewhere in between like a blind mode or text mode and other things. That's just been something on my mind of like, wow, I wish there were more resources that I could give for like visualization for not super advanced players.
1: And I think even people... Without an impairment, I would yeah. say JJ are really interested in doing that visualization training or blindfolded training. So mm-hmm. I think that it would actually be really popular,
0: especially because you know this ties into like some other conversations with different learning styles. Like I consider myself a highly non-visual learner to the point where. I'm pretty sure I don't usually have a chessboard in my head when I'm playing and I'm kind of trying to connect factual, logical statements almost in my head of like th- facts I know about where things are, or what's attacked or what would be attacking and playing almost that way more than I'm like seeing anything. And realizing Uh how different that is for other people and just trying to think, you know, Mm -hmm. in what ways is chess in general going to take a very visual approach as the default and what alternatives that could look like.
2: Let me give a shout out to another free software site. It's called leestudy.org and they have great blind features. So they have blind puzzles and they even have one that's perfect. that sort of like lets you put your toe in the water. So it'll give you a puzzle. But they make sure to only give you a puzzle with like, you know, three, four or five different pieces on the board. So it's kind of easy mode and you can slowly try that if you can't quite get the whole chessboard into your head. And they have a couple other features like that that wow. are very interesting. And
0: that's like so that's somebody who's just like made a site using like open source.
2: Yep. Yep. Wow. I believe they use uh, Chess Ground, which is the, the bones of Lee Chess. It's sort of the chess logic. Yeah, it's a great site, LeeStudy.org.
0: Wow, very cool. I'm curious, speaking of things that a lot of people don't know about, other Lee, Lee, Lee Ground projects that people have used that you've been super impressed by or that you wish more people knew about?
2: Oh, we need to do, we do blog posts once in a while about our favorite open source sites and I should probably do another one. So let's see, who, who hasn't gotten to mention PyChess? There's a great variant site called PyChess which focuses on all sorts of strange variants LeeStudy.org, obviously. Today on the Lee Chess Twitter, I linked one that was called FeatureTron or something. Yeah, it's basically all these little tools. Like there's one where it just shows you a chess position and you have to find the loose pieces. So it's just chess position and there's a countdown and you click on the loose pieces and then you do it again. And it's just sort of focused training in that way. I believe it's called FeatureTron. Brilliant.
1: Yeah. In fact, I think I just saw something about this on Twitter. JJ or Chris, did you see that today? Where essentially they were saying, you're doing all of these tactics, probably if you're trying to get better at chess, but so much of the problem is happening way before these three move tactics. And actually, beginners below 1400 or whatever are really just hanging pieces left and right. So you need to specifically Mm. study how to find those loose pieces. And someone even mentioned, oh, Lee Chess actually has a specific feature for this where you can do tactics um, that specifically help you identify those pieces. But it sounds like there's some other options too.
2: Yeah, you can, if it's specifically the loose pieces thing, then there are themes for Lee Chess puzzles. So you can just choose that theme for loose pieces or checkmates or whatever else. Uh, I'm sorry, it's called Chessitron. Chessitron. That I was looking at.
1: Awesome.
0: Yeah, that sounds really useful. And I don't know where that take was, Julia, but like that sounds like a sort of like Nate Solin post.
1: Yeah, I think Nate did post it. And then Space Amy said, oh, actually, uh, Leeches has a theme in their tactics for this. And I almost responded to it and was like, "Leechess never fucking misses. But <laughs> not everything that comes in my head gets tweeted out. So,
0: But like something that I find myself saying to a lot of the students that like under 12, under 1400 level is you should do puzzles. But what you should do every time you do one of those puzzles, whether it's by theme or not is try and see like, can you articulate like what the problems were that made this a puzzle? Like there is one loose piece and it got forked with the king. How was the king exposed? Was it not castled? Were the pawns in front of it moved? You want to be recognizing that the clue here is there is one hanging piece and a king versus the king is safe. But if the king is safe, usually one hanging piece isn't going to make you a puzzle. Two might. So even just being able to notice that and so I like the idea of just drilling the hanging pieces separate from the and now you can take right. them and just say, OK, cool. The more sensitive you are to like, oh, I'm playing this position with three hanging pieces right now. I should do something about that before I get burned or before it's
2: too late. Yeah, you could even play a game and have to like on every move, find the loose pieces or find some other thing you're supposed to be paying attention to or you want to drill yourself on. Yeah, and, that would be so cool,
1: yeah. Chris. What if there was a feature where in the you could turn it on so that in the middle of your game It says, hey, like click and highlight all the loose pieces. And it randomly makes you do that if you have loose pieces hanging. Um, Obviously, you probably wouldn't be able to do that in the rated games because it is like a little clue for you. But that would be so cool as like a training feature.
2: Yeah, you could do it in puzzles or you could do it in studies.
0: Even a study feature. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, like if you have the computer annotated game and you get one of those same double question marks, instead of just like repeat the move or something or just make a note or see it, just to be like, okay, now we're going to go for the past X moves before the double question mark and go back yeah. and highlight your hanging pieces. Some of these can be, you know, like exercises from a coach, but I love the idea that different sorts of sites can be built out with this. For listeners who don't know how to get into the Leechess ecosystem, say you have an idea, but you're not a coder, or maybe you are a coder, but you want to know what projects are out there being built, or you want to make a suggestion or something. How do people... Well, there's lots of
2: chess might- software that you can use. So you won't be starting from scratch, no matter what, you know, sort of chess project you want to come to, you, know, you want to build. The, the big one is chess ground, which gives you a chessboard and the pieces will move like chess pieces, and you can take turns. And most chessy projects, you know, sort of need to start there. We try to maintain a list of websites that come from that software. And it is leachess.org slash page slash extend. But it's hard to maintain it very well, to be honest, because these little sites, these hobby sites, I mean, the big problem is they, they can't promote themselves. And we do what we can to help with that. But there are just so many cool little sites that, you know, nobody knows about. And they even sometimes do things that people pay for on other sites. And it's free on this site, but just, you know, it's just made by somebody in their free time. And they don't quite have the, like, social media muscle to bring it into the the chest consciousness.
1: And we don't have that muscle either, but I volunteer (laughs) JJ and myself to start tweeting these things out. If we can link to that in the show notes, but also Chris, just give us that link. I know JJ and I, maybe even we're promoing this episode would love to really share those and at least bring them into the social consciousness a little bit.
0: Yeah. And also, if anyone has a Lee Chess hobby site that they want promoted, slide into Julia's <laughs> DMs, which are conveniently located on my DMs,
2: twitter.com slash Exactly, Exactly.
1: Chris, this is awesome. This we is definitely did cool. not know about any of this.
2: Yeah, I'm glad to help bring a little attention to it.
1: One thing I've seen people say, Chris, online a lot is Lee Chess's functionality is by far the best. The only thing that I have the slightest, tiniest qualm with, which I've actually tweeted about, is almost the aesthetics. So the color options for the board on S are (laughs) diplomatically fucking disgusting. (laughs) And an idea that I have, a pitch, is that you should let me design Mm, several new color schemes. Who can I talk to? Do
2: you mean specifically the board, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah the board I mean yeah, the board yeah. or like the whole website the whole website
2: the <laughs> the whole, the whole the website, website could be a problem, but we can certainly talk about boards. It's pretty easy to I mean, a board is just an image file. So if you have a pretty one, you can just submit it. And it's interesting. It's something that comes up a lot. And of course, you're not the first person to say that about like the interface. the it's it's interesting to me that, of course, we have different philosophies. and you can tell, looking at Lee chess how the people that made it, like, think about these things because it is aggressively minimalist and direct. So Lee chess is made by web developers, which you might think is true of every website, but not really because most websites are made. I mean, the person who's in charge of it makes the website. So, so some CEO makes the website and the web dev, you know, does whatever they can with their instructions. At Lee chess the web devs are the bosses of the development process. So these are guys who use Linux and they have some very specialized text editor that they use. And they try to get the number of clicks down as low as possible. You know, if you can do something in three clicks, we got to get it to two clicks. And they also want the site to be as lightweight as possible.
1: I love that.
2: Right. So they take great pride in getting the number of kilobytes down by, you know, 20 kilobytes, which doesn't really actually make much difference for most people's browsers. So things like that work very well, but they're not the sort of very like aesthetic people.
1: You need me. Bring yes. me on. Can you pitch me? <laughs> say, say Julia Rios, this little nobody in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wants to make a few prettier colors, can she send you the schemes?
2: I think the good thing about this request is that you won't have anyone fighting over it. Like, there's no one at least that's going to be like, no, I do the pretty chessboard. She can't have it. I think the response will be like, great. She can do it forever. We never have to think about it.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm following up on this. I, I have ideas. Okay.
0: This is also starting a new series for the season, which is for every guest we have on Jewel try and get herself hired for their company or project.
1: Which makes no sense. There's no one who has less time and more jobs than I have already. <laughs> um, but I want this.
0: Between this and like the OnlyFans, PogChamps, you have a lot on your plate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, incredible. Chris, you've made me so happy about this. <laughs> I didn't want you to say yes. I just didn't want you to say no. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, it's not crazy. People submit new sets and new boards all the time. It has to be in a certain format, of course, but it's just basically people submit them on GitHub and, you know, people see them and say, all right, this one, cool. And you add it.
0: Well, here's an intervention that will get people or certain people, including me, to stop playing after a set amount of time. Just switch to the horsey set.
1: <laughs> that would definitely get me to stop playing. I
0: say this because... At least one of the kids I teach, actually, the kid who showed me pie chess, he's delightful. But he, in Julia Parlance non-ironically uses the horsey set. So every time I have him share his screen, I'm just immediately like, get that off. Or like...
2: People get very upset about the novelty sets. There's the horsey set, and there's the one for the Anarchy Chess Reddit. I think
0: think they're hilarious. I just, if I'm like, looking at someone's game and trying to give them instruction, it's... I just. Don't want it anywhere near my field of vision. I'm happy that it exists, but seeing someone actually use it as a default was a bit horrifying. If after you've been playing for a couple hours, you immediately get hit with like the Anarchy Chest set or the horsey set, that could be the best thing you could do. Which reminded me also, my other joke idea was not necessarily that it's going to tell you to stop playing after X hours or X games. But it starts only pairing you with people who play the London system and the French defense until you just excuse yourself.
2: Do you think that would cause people to stop playing? (laughs) I
0: think that I'm more likely to stop playing if I get 10 Londons in a row as black than I would if I lose 10 games in a row as black.
2: I like it because it's very subtle and we can deny that we're doing it. Yeah, right to us and say, why did I play 20 games in a row as the London You just say, I don't know. It's it's weird. Just those are the breaks, I guess.
1: You say Eric Rosen just put out a new YouTube video with the (laughs) London system gambit. It's exploding. We can't control (laughs) this.
2: Exactly.
0: (laughs) One other topic that came up when we talked about blitz addiction was we were talking about whether online chess could be more addictive than regular chess regular over the board chess. And we talked about how faster time controls do lend themselves to more dopamine hits. So one simple, genuine suggestion I have is what if the default time options on the screen were switched? So you had the slower time controls at the top and you had to go to the third row to get to your fucking one. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So customizable presets is a real feature request and I would guess it won't happen, but it's not crazy. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a reasonable thing. And then the way it would work is just at the moment you have I mean, uh, one plus zero, three plus zero, five plus zero.
0: I'm going to try really hard to look at the presets right now without starting a game. Yeah, um, pray for me.
2: I don't want to trigger you there. I'm sorry.
0: So the top row is one Oh, two, one and three Oh, which isn't yeah. chess. And then the next row is 3 which is barely chess. And then 10-0-10-5-15-10. And the fourth row is 30-0-30-20 and custom. So you're going pretty far down the website or down the screen, that is, until you're getting towards like the 30-minute games or even like a 10 or 10-5, which for a lot of people who picked up chess during the pandemic, kind of think of as slow or average length. Bad.
2: Well, so... <laughs> The, the feature where you maybe choose which ones are at the top or the which ones are more, more prominent is a lot more reasonable because the reason for the presets is to make the player pools as big as possible, right? Because the more mm-hmm. people are playing, the less you wait. We don't want you to wait around, you know, any longer than you have to to play the game. Theoretically, if you could just seek any, you know, amount of time you wanted, you'd have somebody seeking a 5-2 and somebody seeking a 5-1 and they could just be playing each other and neither mm-hmm. one of them cares that much about how Much increment there is, so you need to kind of put them into lanes so they'll find each other
0: totally. But I guess my question is, like, why are the top things the easiest ones to click the fastest time controls rather than like it's, why a, not, it's yeah. a
2: perfectly fair point. I've never even actually thought about that. Like, I would imagine that they were put in that order just because numerically that's how the numbers go. Like, yeah. I don't think there was much thought beyond that. You could totally put the 10-0 games at the top and the 1-0 games at the bottom, it would all function, you know, perfectly the same.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just I could imagine that you might have a few more people playing slightly slower with increment and then maybe a little bit less of the dirty flag rush and a little bit fewer of the dopamine hits and then a little bit less of the addictive behavior. I don't know. Julia does the data. I just do the suggestions. But that was the one other thought I had of like, oh yeah, I wonder how many people are just clicking... The first thing they see, which my eyes are drawn, and I think like the rule of thirds were drawn to like the top right. So I see the three
2: zero. You could probably make an argument to put the large, the longer time controls at the top uh, along the lines of like helping out new players, because I think most new players can't handle one plus zero and three plus zero. They're used to like taking a long time to think. Mm-hmm. And so you would put the ones that the new players want at the top so they find it easier. And the people who are more experienced don't need your help. They know exactly right. where what they want is.
0: I need yeah. that sweet, sweet one Yeah,
1: I like that, JJ.
0: <laughs> I mean, I was just thinking about this also from the context, not necessarily of just what's in the top row, but just what even is thought of as default. And I definitely have worked with a lot of people who think that a 10-0 is just like a standard length for a chess game. And I remember once I was non-consensually watching Chess Bra at a friend's apartment and he put it on.
1: You mean an ex-friend?
0: Yes, actually. <laughs> but I think something that horrified me was Eric Hansen was doing like viewer games or something and they were doing that by rating band and a couple of people at like the 800 level were going to play. And he's like, okay, okay, well, we should do some slower chess because these are new players. So this is not a joke and he's not joking. He's like, so we're going to do five o instead of three o. And I've definitely met with a lot of new students who really wanted to know how to get better at chess or how to stop hanging pieces. And you find out they're like 600s and only playing 10-0 and can't figure out how to stop blundering pieces. Or how am I supposed to see all these tactics in a game? And it's like, well, you've been playing for three months and the 10-minute game with like no increment or two-second increment. What you're supposed to do is have like 10 times as much time and yeah. so some of that, I think, is just not even known or the default is assumed is faster. And that could be something that could definitely help for new users, too. And yeah, I agree with you that the degenerate mode can keep one out at the top. How degenerate <laughs> mode can just be like quarter, half, one.
1: <laughs> I don't think we should write off degenerate mode, Chris. Like, just sell it to the team. Come on. I really think that there's a pool of people out there that are all listening to this podcast that would totally use it. The overlap here. <laughs> this
2: is This is your target audience.
1: The Venn diagram is just a circle.
2: You think if we used a more diplomatic term, they wouldn't know like who it referred to if it just said, you know, problematic chess usage. Mm -hmm. They'd they'd look at it funny. Oh, degenerate. Yeah. I think
1: it needs to be less diplomatic to pull in the right people. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Dirtbag mode.
1: (laughs) Wow. I feel like, JJ, you and I bonded early on for both being kind of like dirtbag chess husbands, but then we realize that we're actually power partners.
0: Right, right. No, I like do so much domestic labor like while playing like a 30 on only chess in the kitchen.
1: Which sometimes bothers me because sometimes I feel like you've been playing a very, in my opinion, serious game of chess, which I know that you would argue with me with. And you're like, sorry, I'm mowing the lawn right now. Oh, and yeah, I'm like, that happens. JJ, focus. How
2: do you mow the lawn without playing chess? That sounds so boring. I, do
1: people- I know. I sort of I'm like, I
0: still have seven toes. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> you're so stupid. I have as many toes as I have pawns. What's the problem?
1: I'm anti-lawn in the same way I am anti-capitalist. Lawns are capitalist.
0: I agree with that.
1: I hate the grass. Down with the lawn. We're wasting water. We're buying too many lawnmowers.
0: The thing that fucks me up about lawns is how if you don't if you don't like weed your lawn, the weeds like go to neighbors' yards, and now you're in a fight with your neighbors. But now it's just like cool. Now I have to decide whether I want to risk a fight with my neighbors over that when I want to save it for my trans pride flag that's waving mm. from the front porch. That's what I want the fight over.
1: We need more trans pride flags and fewer lawns. Cover
2: the lawn and flags, yeah. We need a flag for people who don't believe in lawns. That would be even better.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's literally just green with a red X. That'll be my flag. And then there, maybe
0: there's a snake on it. And no, oh, that's something else. <laughs> uh, the snake Benoni t-shirt is now live on the Just Feels podcast story
1: if you're interested chris if you're a benoni player yourself
2: um what are my openings i well okay i play a bit of the london as white please please don't judge me i was was saying
0: oh no oh yeah same i like hit the jokes because they're low hanging fruit, and i've been told that they're good with engagement well wait um, actually
2: i just realized as when i identify myself as a london player in social situations i can always kind of hedge and say like i'm one of the good ones or something so let me try that again restart not all londons people say i'm a london player but that's only partially true. I, I do play like D4, D5, Bishop, F4, but in other move orders, I will break out of the, you know, that opening uh, tab and I'll play C4. I'll play something that like messes up the London. So you could call me a London player, but it's not totally true. <laughs> so what does that, what is that, what is that, <laughs> what does that tell us
0: about Chris's proclivities?
1: Mm. I mean Deal. this totally fits in Chris you are you are a diplomatic guy you're not mm-hmm. trying to ruffle a lot of feathers you've got a big heart you got a kind spirit we see that in you and we see that in your opening
2: <laughs> that's it I thought there was a butt coming at the end
1: <laughs> oh no 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 <laughs> Well, JJ's gonna do the butt. No, I'm not,
0: I actually wasn't gonna do the butt. Um, I didn't. You don't. Was, you don't
1: want to do the butt. I was gonna
0: say, or at least not with one T. But then I stopped myself. <laughs> no. So it sounds like you're somebody who is very, you know, considerate and attentive to what the other side is doing and what their needs are, and mm-hmm. you can be a bit generous. And you're also making a point to not just get very rote and formulaic and do the same things over and over again.
1: But you're not. Yeah. A freak on the chessboard.
0: Yeah, but but certainly not as vanilla as you know. You see one London, and you think that it's just vanilla, but now it's not. It's not that at all. That's why. That's yeah, what you
1: about. come in, yeah. and maybe you are a little vanilla in the beginning. You're not trying to really rock the boat, mm-hmm.
0: but you're getting to know the person. Yeah. But yeah. then once you
1: feel comfortable, you're going to bring in some new ideas, and totally. it's going to be
2: very responsive to the other person. My black repertoire is a lot more exciting. I should have oh. led with that. Oh hell yeah! Yeah yeah yeah. I play the Alakine and the Queen's Gambit declined against d4, and so that that that's more exciting stuff. So I, maybe I moonlight as an exciting person.
0: Wait. If you think the Queen's Gambit decline is exciting, that actually, let me retake, we take back what I said about vanilla.
1: I know. I was literally just about to say this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That might be the most vanilla statement I've ever heard.
1: But I love this. This is so unabashedly vanilla, Chris. Like you're comfortable (laughs) in your own skin. You're not trying to peacock. You're like, this is the flavor that I like. (laughs) Let me live. And I feel like it's exciting. So I'm having a good time. We're all having a good time.
2: Yeah, that's that's what I'm going for. Exactly. There you go.
0: (laughs) Amazing. We're going to have to do this with every guest this season.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we should do this with every guest for the rest of our lives. This is the best part of the show.
0: Oh, I've met every conversation for the rest of my life. (laughs) Amazing.
1: Chris, what do you wish we had asked you that we maybe potentially Mm. did not ask you today?
2: I don't know. I guess we could have talked more about like when you have problematic chest usage. Mm. There's sort of like a gambling effect where you, yeah. you you get like below the amount of money you had and you're like a hundred down and 200 down and you mm-hmm. get more and more upset, which makes you play worse, which makes you like the only way I can get back is to win chess games and get back on top of it. And the rating system itself, I think we can do it better. The, I have mm-hmm. a very old idea for a different rating system that will never, ever, ever happen because chess players are it. too locked into ELO and too locked into the Number going up. Uh, well, But didn't you hear that uh, Lee Chess ratings are already inflated? Yes. Well, we're doing our part to make them meaningless, right? <laughs> to muddy the waters. Okay, continue. <laughs> In a game like StarCraft, they use ELO. So it's fundamentally the same system, but they don't show you the number. They have leagues. So they have, I don't know, it's like Wood League and Gold League and Bronze League and, you know, uh, Platinum League, whatever the top one is. And your rating qualifies you for those leagues, but you never see the number. So you do have the achievements, but you, the game-to-game game up and down is, is not your business. You never see it. So you, you're just playing, it. and you get a new game, and you get a new game, and then suddenly, oh, congratulations, you're in Bronze League now. Yay, I did it. So you get to have sort of the accomplishment. You get to have to, like, work towards something and then achieve it, but you don't get caught up in the one game to the other, plus seven, plus six, you know, specific numbers that's fucking sick i
1: love that chris that's actually a really really good idea i'm sad that you feel that that is not in the cards
2: chess players would revolt they would send like death squads after me they the rating is too important you can't you can't hide it from me
1: (laughs) that's true It's true. And kind of like we've mentioned, I don't think everyone needs these sort of features that help limit that sort of compulsive or uncontrollable use. I don't think everyone struggles with this, at least not to the same extent as the people who are sending you emails saying, this is actually having some really maladaptive, detrimental impacts on me and my life. And please help me and delete my account. So I can see why we wouldn't want to make this a website-wide feature, but I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, sure. JJ, what are you thinking? Because you look like mm-hmm. you have a thing to say.
0: Oh, I think that it should be implemented for everyone, just like fascistly across the board. I mean, actually, I'm conflicted. Before the online chess boom during the pandemic, I would have said this should be implemented for everybody across the board because online ratings are meaningless. Yeah. Not, not because they don't really line up to over-the-board ratings at all. And most people who care about ratings are playing tournament chess to some degree. But seeing that you've genuinely gone up a league, which might take hundreds of games or hundreds of wins to do is actually a better indicator of progress than most online rating numbers would be. But now that you have so many people who haven't or don't have a whole lot of interest in or accessibility to over the board chess, but I've gotten pretty fucking good at chess over the past couple of years, like those ratings have become more important metrics than they were to the average serious chess player, I think, and taking that away from them might I don't care about the revolt or not, because I don't work for Lee Chess, i like the two of you. Now I might be like, yeah, okay, for my students who like have like Lee Chess ratings that are like 18, 1900 and have never played an over the board and only started playing two years ago. Yeah, I do want them to have some sort of number. And then if their number is their Lee Chess number, that's sick as hell. But before I got there, I was thinking, no, actually, I think online ratings are bad, actually. And you see people obsessing over how well I've gained 50 rating points in my 10 <laughs> pool. So I I have gotten better even though my over the board hasn't gone up and just like I would love to see that go away. Yeah,
2: We did something similar with um, followers. You don't see the number of followers on your profile anymore mm. on Leech S and the the idea is very much to try to short circuit the, the dopamine hit and the people like striving to get more followers and so you can't like look at someone's profile and see how important they are how seriously you should take them. That's cool.
1: I can't believe people want more followers whenever anyone follows me on leeches i like get anxiety i'm like please don't do that
2: oh man people kill themselves for it It, it's crazy i use actually i'll probably edit this
0: out um i like use zen mode when i play on main just because i hate when people who aren't julia watch my games and like there's a number of people between students or people i don't know who will just like show up and lurk and it just like it feels exactly like you're playing chess to not think about the world at large and then the world at large is suddenly standing over your shoulder, watching your game at the tournament and chewing gum. Yeah. And it's the worst thing ever. Um,
1: I didn't know that this was a thing, but yeah, I would sometimes be watching JJ play. And yesterday JJ was playing a game and there were 23 people. watching. Well, that was,
0: that was only chess TV, which is like a little different. Um, oh, I think, how is I think that different. Well, because it's like, these are just people who are like watching whatever, like the highest rated. Possible it picks game. the highest
2: rated game and it shows it on that page. So you instantly get a bunch of viewers.
0: So oh. that bothers me less because the fact that twenty three people are just watching whatever the highest rated classical game on Leech S is doesn't bother me at all. It's when the people who are showing up because they want to watch my game, but like yeah, I don't know who them. Know you. Yeah, but but I don't but I don't know them that well. And just like, why are you here? I
1: know. I always get very territorial and I'm sort of also like, hey, why are you here? <laughs> Who is she?
0: <laughs> well, Leech has TV though is actually something that I think is really sick. And that's something that I'll even <laughs> do during lessons sometimes. Like if I want to like look at a game that isn't like Grandmaster Caliber, but is highly instructional, just like see the highest rated classical game. And it's probably too very strong amateur players that are going to be at a much higher level than my student but not grandmaster strength and there's usually some very nice instructional content just for whatever's going on live and that's i try not to do that too much because i certainly put care and planning into my lessons which you can book on the link but
1: on the link
0: yeah click here Um, (laughs) what's the problem uh hyperlink um, okay,
1: well, I've really yeah. outed myself for not knowing what Lee Chess TV totally is. I just watched kale TV. yeah,
0: they have they have twenty three viewers at any given time. How are you not one of
1: <laughs> All right, Chris well, this was an absolute delight. Is there anything else that you can think of that you want to add before we stop recording? I'm good.
2: I think uh, I think we covered a lot of stuff, yeah,
0: I'm fine. yeah, this was this was really fun. I guess I'm gonna smash that button. but as always, if you are interested, in this website, you can join LeeChess at LeeChess.org. Um, you can follow my games. My main account is at J-J-S-I-M-M-M. And Chris, are you, you are just a no joke on LeeChess. Yeah, that's okay. right. Okay, excellent. One,
1: one. Yeah.
0: As always, thank you for letting us take you into this deep, dark forest.
1: Where two plus two equals five, and the path leading out is only wide enough for listeners like you.
0: Intro and outro music provided by JPEG Mafia.
1: We would be yeah. truly touched if you subscribe and leave us a glowing review.
0: And tell all of your friends.
1: <laughs> yeah, all of them.
0: And every week, we'll be gifting one lucky subscriber who leaves a five star review a lifetime premium diamond membership yeah. to LeechS.org.
1: Unlocking all of their features.
0: Even that? <laughs>
1: Especially that. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ChessFeelsPod.
0: Oh, and if you didn't like what you heard, do not hesitate yeah. to message any feedback.
1: No matter how critical or scathing.
0: Directly to Mr. Dodgy, our social media manager, even though he doesn't know it. At <laughs> chess problem One. Yeah.